anything you allow to be as it is will start to shift. If you're a person who's heard the word no from a boss, an ex, a team that cut you, a job market that didn't want you, an accident or diagnosis that left you debilitated and depressed, or felt paralyzed by any setback that you just weren't willing to accept, this is the show for you. Because it'll teach you what my dad always taught me, that failure is just opportunity in disguise. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 No's. Welcome back to 10,000 Knows. This week, we have a special episode for you, which we put together on the fly, released a different version of it a while back on IGTV right after we recorded it, which was just a week after I had returned from New York City due to the quarantine. So at that point, I had gone down a rabbit hole of COVID information and felt like people may need techniques to help them not freak out. Enter Josh Pice. In addition to being a great actor, he also teaches acting, but it's a unique approach. He calls it committed impulse. You'll hear all about it. So I asked him to talk to my audience about using acting techniques to reduce anxiety in times of crises and really anytime. As an actor, Josh has had an incredible 2019, The Joker, Ed Norton's Motherless Brooklyn. Right before we spoke, he shot a pilot with Ava DuVernay. Many other credits. Just go look him up. If you go on IMDb, he's got a pile of credits, like 57 past films, 37 past television credits. Uh, He works a ton. Also, side note, many of you have reached out to the show about my recent episode with his wife, Marie Forleo. The two of them are quite impressive. So, You're about to hear two actors talk about dealing with not only stress, but with uncertainty that we've had in our careers over the years. Hopefully, you can apply it to your times of crisis. But before that, let's talk about another time of crisis and uncertainty. The crisis, you gotta go. The uncertainty, will your housemates or anyone in the proximity of the bathroom you've used ever talk to you again? The solution, poopery. Yep, that's our sponsor. I just tricked you. But the thing is, all you do, you spray the bowl before you go and a layer of essential oils traps bathroom odor before it begins. It's brilliant. It actually works. It's guaranteed. It's available in a variety of scents and sizes so that every bathroom is stocked. And they've also now got this hand sanitizer. It's a moisturizing blend of coconut and lavender. Kills 99.9% of germs in 15 seconds. And... 10% of their profits are being donated to Texas charities and additional quantities are being donated to medical professionals in need. And as a 10,000 knows listener, all you have to do is use code DELNEGRO15 for 15% off your order of $25 or more at poopery.com at checkout. That's DELNEGRO15. All right. If you dig 10,000 No's, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your review could be the thing that gets this much-needed content into some future potential listeners' eardrums. If you want to receive our brief Monday Morsels newsletter, go to 10,000knows.com, fill out the form, bing, bang, boom, you're in. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you don't miss these episodes every week. Short Monday ones, longer Friday ones, and follow at 10,000knows on Instagram for more little nuggets. 
Apologies for the reduced sound quality. Like I said, it was on the fly. All of these recent ones have been done over Zoom. Sometimes the connection is better than others, but I want to give a shout out to my editor in the UK, James Eid, because if it ever does sound really good, that was James's work. He did some kind of audio magic and it is really appreciated. Okay, one last thing. Apparently, May was Mental Health Awareness Month. I didn't know that. I was just told that by my producer, and it's now June. But we believe that mental health is something that is important all year round. And I know in some areas of the world, restrictions are being lifted. And in others, we still have no answers of when life will be normal again. Whatever the situations, I hope this conversation helps you deal with some of the stress and anxiety that a lot of us are feeling right now. And just know you are never alone. And you're definitely not alone now because you are with Josh Pice. It's very weird how you've kind of come into my sphere. And I think that's something we can talk about too. Uh, My buddy, Chris Messina, we listened to Back to One podcast and he called me one day and said, listen to this one. He sent it. And you're, the way you speak about acting is very similar to the way we speak about acting. And uh, one of the things... I thought was really interesting was just like 10 minutes ago, um, I went and I was like, let me just, let me just kind of turn that on just to get in the mood in the Josh Pice mood right here. And the opening quote, you said something like, you know, I don't want to know what I'm going to do. And then the end of that quote, you said, you've got to step into the unknown for it to be magical. Now you were talking about acting. That's, how I view acting as well, but that could not be any more appropriate for all of us right now. We are in the unknown. It's unprecedented. I mean, if you told me this two months ago that the NBA, the NHL, MLB, school systems, whole states, country, you know, it's, it's mind blowing, yeah. right? Um, but we're not going to focus on like doomsday. We all know what it is. We all know you know, where we are and we're getting information every second about what's happening. What I want to do and why I reached out to you and Marie was just to use the work that you've been, you know, you've been studying, you've got a philosophy of life, of acting that I think could be really useful to people right now. Uh, So I just want to chat really and see where it goes. And I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know where it's going to go either. Um, Well, just starting with the unknown, um, you know, it's part of what I've been training people and myself, but training people in committed impulse is to let go of your preset plan of how you're going to do an audition, how you're going to do a performance when the director says action, to let go of your structured performance because people really want to see something spontaneous and unknown. And for the art form to come alive, there has to be an unknown element to engage the imagination of the audience. Um, Because if everything is preset, the ritual of engaging the audience's imagination is over. Yeah. And how, you know, it, Framing it in terms of what's happening now, have to recognize that the unknown is one of the most disturbing 
parts of a part of our nervous system. And that, um, but there's also, you know, taking it to acting for a moment and then bringing it back to applying to everyone. There's an incredible creativity in hanging out with the space of, I don't know. And I think from grammar school, like the most terrifying thing, you know, if a teacher calls on you, you know, what's, you know, when did blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and the answer, like, I can feel like some yeah. panic already just going like thinking, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know the answer, but by kind of training ourselves to hang out in the unknown. And the truth is that every day, even though to these days are heightened, we don't know, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Like you said, we didn't two months ago, we didn't know this is, was going to happen. So there's, it's probably more accurate and truthful that we are always living in the unknown, but we, but we like to create these structures. Yeah. And, um, and now those structures, we can't rely on them anymore because day to day, it's, it's, it, you know, that all the, you know, the TV gods, the, you know, the, the news, the news gods, like they're, the bottom line is we don't know. Nobody knows anything. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, oh, go on. Well, I was just going to say, so I think the first, first thing to recognize is that that is inherently disruptive to a part of our nervous system, but, um, Hanging out with it and just honoring it, um, it, there's something it can open. I've found it to be a very almost enlivening place to hang out with. And and if I'm working like in my committed impulse classes with an actor who's say in front of the class and I, and I just tell him, say, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Just, and just have him repeat that. It's like, they start to come alive yeah. and, and we have to, you know, like I said, we have to recognize there's a, a part of ourselves that doesn't want to be in the unknown, but the more we can train ourselves to be, to not contract in the unknown, it's like the more we're nurturing our nervous system. And I think that's yeah. what's really important in terms of boosting our immune system in these days is to catch when we go to panic and you know, we can talk about how to shift out of that. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you, you talk, I'm going to have a sip. Of I'll talk. Yeah. I know. I'm so, I'm so wary to, to interrupt here because sometimes the sound goes to you or to me, but you know, I, I've been trying to keep my sense of humor about it. I've been, I've been kind of, you know, a lot of the, um, the posts I've had recently on, uh, on social media, they're kind of just, it's just me talking and I've been trying to keep my sense of humor. And I said to my, my family, we were on a text that we've been on for the last couple of days. And I said, you know, the irony is, I mean, I was working on a show in New York that went down. Now I'm out of work. You know, I was like, the irony is this is kind of my life anyway. I'm unemployed and I'm, and I'm doing stuff out of, you know, out of home. I'm doing my right. podcast and I'm doing, a, I'm like, so I almost feel like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm built for this. And I'm, I'm not, I'm saying that with respect to what's going on in the world right now. I'm not, I'm not 
on the front lines. So I, I say that with respect. Yeah, I mean, this I'm, is like bringing every, this is like bringing everybody into an actor's life. Yeah, this is, that's what I was saying. Like the, the, the uncertainty is something that I personally feel like I live with every day. I don't know if I, you know, I'm going to get the job. Then is the job going to stay? Is it going to, you know, is it going to be well-received? Is it, you know, it's nothing feels has ever felt, you know, for the last 25 years, certain to me in terms of that. Um, right. And so there's a certain, when you say about training your nervous system, I kind of feel like that's what I've been doing for over two decades is how do I stay loose, stay open in the midst of having no idea what's coming next. And like you said, within, if we take it down from the macro down to the micro within a scene, how do I stay open, do my preparation, but then on the day show up and go, I don't know what Josh is going to do right now. I mean, there's, there's a really beautiful aliveness that happens even with these interviews. I mean, I, you know, I've done 130 episodes of this podcast and every time I go to do an interview, I get a little bit, not as, not as intense as doing a play, but a little bit of that jittery feeling. Like I I know I'm going to come on and you're going to be a great guy and we're going to be, we're not going to have a problem talking, but right before it comes on, I'm going, well, what am I doing? Let me just get my preparation. So I have it here just in case, but it's like, once you go, there you are. And I think the whole world is being brought into that. And I guess the, the message hopefully that we can, we can help with here is like, it's not, it's the anticipation of the doom and gloom is many times worse than the actual event. I think uh, that's where my mind yeah. goes when I've gotten into, you know, cause I've got, I had a couple of days where I went down a rabbit hole of coronavirus, you know, <laughs> listening to podcasts and just trying to, you know, get information to protect my family. But then there's a certain point where it caps off and it just spirals my mind into a scenario that's like, there's, there's really no need to go there. Right. Know what it is. Now let's deal. So um, let's talk about some, because you really hone this, I think, into a craft and a system. Maybe there are some uh, physical exercises, some just, you know, mental ways of how you see things that could help people right now, even though they're not actors necessarily. Absolutely. Many yeah. of them aren't, but it, but it really applies right now. Right. What well, is I think, some, yeah, there you go. I think just to add some urgency to addressing this is that we have to recognize that being up in our heads and spiraling, you know, which is, you know, you turn on the news and it's pretty hard not to, but we have to recognize that being up there you know, it releases cortisol, it, it, it puts us into, you know, fight or flight just by these thoughts, and that decreases our immune system. So it's really important to address what you're talking about. And what I've found that works 100% of the time to pull you out of your head is basically what we want to do is shift what we listen to and it just takes some practice. And so what typically happens 
for most people, and this will happen in an audition, it'll happen when you turn on the news and start seeing all this, what initially will happen is there's a set of body sensations that will occur. And maybe you would call them, you know, panic, fear, anxiety, whatever it is that you have, and you meaning us, you know, everybody have decided is bad because we have to recognize that, well, I think it's a myth in our culture that's so not even seen that there's a belief, a deep belief that there's good body sensations and bad body sensations. And that's so ingrained in the culture. And if you're feeling a quote unquote bad body sensation, let's say fear, which is considered not good, then because we know it's been taught that it's bad, feel fear, then all the focus is trying to get rid of the fear. Try to get rid of the fear because it's bad. Yeah. But what we're doing then is basically suppressing and attempting to disconnect from the charge in our body. And then as a result, our attention goes up into our thoughts and it's and it starts spinning. And that's that's what we want to uh step out of. Alleviate so, that a little bit. Yeah. Alleviate that. So the game is this. As soon as you're aware that you're up here, um, recognize that you're probably up there because you disconnected from your body, because you felt something that you didn't like. And this is so counter to so many things. From my point of view, we have to connect to our body even when we're feeling, say, anxiety. And when I work with people and go, well, what is, what is the actual experience that you call anxiety? And, mo and most people go, well, I guess it's kind of, you know, in my upper body and it's like things are moving around a lot. And, I, and then go, well, is that really that bad? Like, if you just actually feel like there's a lot of energy moving around up here, like, is that really that bad? And they're like, no, I guess not. And so that's the first step is to connect to the charge that's actually in our body to stop trying. As soon as you try to stop the charge in your body, you're going to end up in your head yeah. and the charge in your body is never bad. It's just energy. It might be intense at times and kind of what I teach in committed impulse is to increase your tolerance for your full range of sensation, because if we can increase our tolerance for it, then no matter what we're ha feeling, and it will be intense at times, it's like we can stay present with this charge happening. So the, the four access points to, to staying present are one is to feel what the actual body sensation is, like what's the charge in your body? Like right now I feel like like a lot of energy, kind of like a pulsating energy in my upper chest. I feel kind of, I can feel myself rooted in the chair. Um, I feel, now I feel kind of calm. Now I feel like energy is rising up a little bit. Just to connect to that energy, to connect to your immediate environment, because we want to connect to what's real and occurring now. Yeah. 
you know, to get out of, ah, and our mind is always going to take us to the future or the past. Right. And it doesn't want you to surrender to what's actually happening in this moment. It wants to keep us in a drama. And so connect to the body, connect to your immediate environment. And by that, I mean, like to see as if for the first time, to see in terms of color, shape, texture, like how a baby or a dog would see. So you're, so you're not going like, oh yeah, that, that's my cabinet and that's my plant. Like to, to just actually see the details so that, and that comforts your nervous system by, by actually connecting three-dimensionally to, to your environment. The other piece is to just breathe. Keep, make sure you keep breathing. Because as soon as we decrease our breath, we're in our head. And it doesn't have to be any particular kind of breathing. Just breathe. Consciously breathe. Yeah, not enough people realize fourth, when they've stopped breathing, I don't think. I right, mean, because that, you right. know, out of acting classes over the years, you realize that because actors that are listening may know that. But people that are not, you know, don't perform for a living may not realize how often they stop breathing. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off, so keep going. No, no, it's all, it's all good. And, and yeah, and, it, and when we're up here, if you catch the next time, you know, you're up here, listen, your listeners are up here, like just start by going like, wow, am I even breathing? And chances are you're taking in the barest minimum of breath to, so that you don't pass out. Yeah. You're not, you know, taking a breath. Yeah. So the, the fourth piece, and then we'll just, you know, see where we go from there. But the fourth piece is what I call I'm back. So as soon as you're aware you're up here, like take a moment and go, I'm back. And in, cl in my classes, I have people say it out loud because it's all about like getting right where you are. Like say I'm back, reconnect to your breath, reconnect to the sensations in your body and reconnect to your immediate environment. And that will settle your nervous system. It will pull you into the moment and you will make actions, decisions brilliantly as opposed to doing them out of this spinning, which leads us into all kinds of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So many places my mind goes from everything that you've said. The first, the first one is I'm thinking, and, and maybe people know this story. I'm sure you know this story, but uh, the the Carly Simon, I think it was, had had stage fright, and I think it was Tony Robbins who was interviewing her and then interviewing Bruce Springsteen. And when he when he went to Carly Simon, he said, "How do you know? You know what happens?" And she said, "Well, my hands get clammy, my heart starts to race, and then I know I'm going to shut down." And then when he was interviewing Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, he said, "So." you know, what happens for you backstage before these shows? And he said, well, my, my hands get clammy, my heart starts racing, and I know I'm ready to take the stage. It's the exact same symptoms, but it's just different right. associations with them. That's what I was thinking while you were saying about, you know, these sensations are neither good nor bad. We've put these things that we've learned that, oh, that's panic. You know, oh, that, exactly. why, why is it panic? Why is it not excitement? Um, 
That was that was one thing. Uh, I think the other one flew out of my head. Oh, oh, the other thing was was just you know what you're saying about being here and being present. I, I guess I'm I'm thinking of like as an actor. You know, you you have your material ahead of time. You know, you're starting to know who your character is. You're knowing what the scene is about. Uh, you show up on the day, and maybe you've never met the person who's going to be opposite you in the scene, you know, Probably. maybe most times something happens. I mean, this happened to me two weeks ago where something happened to the vehicle that I'm driving and the vehicle went out and all of a sudden you're, you're, imp- you know, you're going, the, the, not only are you improvising, the entire production is improvising around how are they going to get around this problem? It's all, it's all problem solving in real time, making the day before the sun goes down. And I always feel like that produces the best work. Everybody is on their toes and it's everybody's thinking in the moment. Everybody's connected. And, you know, when you said something about like just taking in your surroundings and coming back here, I'm thinking about what's happening on on a more global scale or community scale right now, which is look, and again, Everything I'm saying here is with respect to people that are really, you know, I'm thinking of the people in Italy that are stacked up in hospitals right now. And, and so I'm, I'm not taking it lightly. I'm saying for the rest of us who are in this position where right now in our immediate future, it's, it's, it's okay. I'm thinking if you were to come down with a, a documentary film crew and, you know, film me and my family right now, you'd be like, this is a pretty good stretch. What are they on vacation? Like they're hanging out. They're going for a walk with the dog. Like they're playing games together. They're doing family movie night. They're talking to each other. The parents are helping the kids with the school. Like this is amazing, you know? And it reminds me of, I know you're a New Yorker. I don't know if you were there during 9-11, but. I was, I was, I was near, very nearby. I was, I was on the Upper East Side. And that's, that's like my biggest reference point for what's happening now is 9-11. I I went to the bar. uh, I was bartending at the time and I I worked in Midtown and I went either that night or the next night. But I remember there was a little period of time where the city had such a, there was tragedy going on and there was such you know, heartfelt, authentic beauty coming out of people to the point where, you know, it was a slow night and we had CNN on all the, the TVs and people would come in and there was a woman that came in a couple of nights in a row. And I, I hadn't seen her after that, but she came in a couple of nights in a row and she literally closed the bar down by singing the national anthem to whoever was there. And it was like mm-hmm. this amazing, but we had a big American flag in the, in the window. And it was, it was this sense of openness and now it's a little different because it's an openness online. Yeah. Um, but, but there's a real connection going on and maybe it's just the people I happen to follow on Instagram are more on the positives. And I don't really like follow people that are, you know, bashing people. Uh, right. But I feel like there's a lot of good coming out and there's a lot of good in humanity. There's a real opportunity here. You know, everybody has this opportunity to go, okay, where am I? How's it going? There is no certainty. You know, this is not a dress rehearsal. What am I doing? Yeah. Which is, which is a question 
that we're always asking as, as actors, you know, right. am I alive in the scene? You know, was I alive in that take or was I, you know, BSing and, and, and doing something that I had planned? I was on our website recently looking at the show description I wrote before I even launched this podcast. And one of the things I wrote was, I've learned that the people you think have got it made put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you and me. And I think that still holds true after all of these interviews. The thing I didn't say back then was, they also poop just like you and me. Now, it may sound crass to talk about poop on a podcast, but it can be a real problem for marriages, relationships with your kids, a new budding romance. Just like my guests, everything is going well. You're progressing so nicely in the household or in the relationship. And then, boom, you hit the bathroom, the odor hits the house, and you go back about five or six steps. Really not good. What are you going to do? Might I suggest poopery? All you got to do, spray the bowl before you go. A layer of essential oils traps bathroom odor before it begins. Such a simple concept and it works. They guarantee it. But honestly, you can ask my wife and kids. There's a very good chance I would not be allowed back in my house if it were not for poopery. But here's how you benefit because they're supporting our podcast. Just because you're part of the 10,000 Nose Tribe, next time you have an order of $25 or more from poopery.com, you get 15% off if you use the code DELNEGRO15 at checkout. That's DELNEGRO15. Poopery will change your life. Honestly, try it. You will truly be able to say, my poop doesn't stink. You told the story that I think would be cool for people to hear about doing the play in London and I think it was in London and the glass dropping yeah. on stage. Yeah. I have my own version of that story, you know, a hundred times right. over, but I'd love for you to tell people so they can hear that analogy. Uh, so I went, uh, I was training at Lambda, which is the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. And within that, we were doing uh, a Shakespeare play called All's Well That Ends Well. And uh, this was, you know, early on in my career and I was doing everything I could to set every moment because that felt safer to me. Um, I attempt to work totally the opposite now, but that was, I wanted to set how I would say each line when I would look how, you know, how, how I would, you know, my, how I would, you know, my plan of how I would, you know, and, or how I would look really natural, you know, how I look really natural and do some, like, look how I'm listening kind of things. Yeah. And so we, um, were, you know, putting, it was a night we were putting the play up and, um, and I don't know if it was, I don't know if I said this in the story. I, I actually, now I can't remember. Was it I who dropped the glass? Oh, I, I thought it was you, but I might have it wrong. Yeah, it might've been me. It's, it, it almost might, doesn't okay, even let's, matter. Let's say it was me. So, um, so we're doing the play and, you know, everything's going perfectly set, locked. You know, the audience is, uh, you know, can feel like the audience is like getting a little like, oh God you know, a little starting to check out, but it was like, we have, we're doing everything perfectly. Why are they checking out? And then I dropped a glass and it, and it broke on stage. And, and it was a moment of like, Oh fuck. 
like what and all and every all of a sudden we were like all in the like it's like we woke up from this dream and and it was like we were and we continued to play with this all of a sudden we were actually like something real was happening and we were able to like stay connected to one another and the audience became engaged because and really it was because that broken glass pulled us into the unknown yeah you know and made us incredibly alive made the audience incredibly alive um and and for me that was an enormous lesson yeah that, i mean that that goes that's kind of the stanislavski thing he says that you know if there's a cat on stage the the cat is going to upstage the performers every time because nobody knows what the cat's going to do next and you right. want to be that cat you want to yeah. be and that and that that's you know what i think brando was known for was that he just it was like he had no he he was just so impulsive and electric yeah. he didn't know where he was going to go next and that's what yeah. people are seeing him particularly in live theater experienced um uh it's making me think of Joaquin Phoenix and I want to kind of, you know, ask you questions about that, but that might be for yeah. another time or, uh, but, but like just, just to touch on that, like every take that, you know, Joaquin and I did in the Joker, like it was, you know, it was a dance. Like it was, he didn't know what he was going to do. I didn't know what I was going to do, you know, and, and it was, you know, an energetic engagement. Yeah. Well, talk about, actually, let, let's talk about that because I, I think it's relevant. And I, I also think that what's nice about that is so many people have, have seen the film and seen that performance that that's a reference point. Um, I, I don't know how Todd Phillips ran that set. And I just know how I've been on different sets that were sometimes way more, uh, you know, improvisational and, and, more like what you're describing than I've been on the other. I prefer to like the ones that are really, you don't know what's happening next. Um, mm -hmm. what, in terms of how you did work on that film, I'm going to bring this back to what everybody's going through right now. Was it, was the environment set up to allow for more of that in every scene or was it, were you like, were you improving lines or was it that the scene would come out as it was? Did you have rehearsal before, did, you know, how did they prepare the set to, to capitalize on that electric? Right. Well, I mean, I attempt to, you know, that's my, um, that's my journey. That's my goal. That's my experiment is to always be in that place of, not setting it because that's because I know that's what's engaging to watch. And it's also after practicing and li living in that, it's like, that's the most fun way to create because it's just like, right. But what I guess what I'm asking is within that, with mm -hmm. lines, are you, cause some, yeah. there are some sets where it's like, you're going to say the lines as they're written and there are some where it's like, it's going to, it's going right. to kind of, no, we, we, we pretty much stuck to the script. Yeah. But the, but it was an improvisation. Yeah. Still. And then there were a couple places where, um, where, you know, after we kind of got like the, 
you know, the scene was, you know, they kind of captured it and it was cooking and Todd said, you know, do whatever you want, you know? And so, you know, and so we took it there. I just started, you know, from, from that character that I inhabited, like just let him speak and, and it just brought, you know, other colors and dimensions to it. Yeah. And some of that is in the movie and, you know, it's a combination of what, of what they used. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, in, in terms of the environment of that set, like Joaquin was going there, you know, he was going deep and everybody knew it. Everybody respected it and everybody, it brought everybody's a game. Like, it's like, okay, we're going, we're going there. And so, um, so just Joaquin's commitment reverberated to everybody. And, and we that- were all, all like in, in a dance and, you know, and Todd, even how he was shooting the movie throughout would come up with ideas like on the, you know, on the day and, oh, let's, you know, so it was, it was, I think why that movie resonated so much aside from the topics of it, um, is that it had that spontaneity and that unknown and where is it and what's happening? It's just that draws the, a human's imagination, you know, it's like, it's like people will, you know, it's like the cat analogy, you know, that yeah. you just, it's, it's just compelling. We we're drawn by the unknown and somehow if we can party with, with our own unknown so that we don't burn the engine really high by being up here, which reduces our immune system. But if we can be like, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. What's up, you know? Yeah. And that's really the, you know, bringing it back. And, and at some point when everything kind of calms down, I'm going to actually sit in a room with you and we're going to do the proper interview where I want to go through your whole evolution of how you've gotten here. But, but what I think is yeah. a takeaway from, from that story for what we're dealing with right now, no matter what profession you're in, the, the people that are the best at what they do, I think have that element of, improvisation, whether they're in finance or they're running a construction site or whatever it is, it's that ability to really to be present, to not be checked out, to um, be open to the mystery, to be open to what's happening right now instead of following a preconceived plan. And then also the thing I'm just thinking of what you said about uh, Joaquin bringing the, the level of play up. Uh, which is how people you know describe playing basketball with Jordan right now is an opportunity for everybody watching this or listening or however the hell I put it out um, to really step into a, a leadership role in some way. And the more, you know, everybody is watching, nobody's watching and everybody's watching in some ways. It's like, just do what you're going to do. Cause everybody's worried about themselves. And on the other hand, it's like, you know, you do something where you, you put yourself out there and you don't know the reverberation it's going to have to someone, you know, particularly with, with, with online media, someone could be watching this on the other side of the world, which is what happens with 
you know, with the podcast where you get emails from people around the world and you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm speaking into a microphone in Los Angeles and they're hearing it in Australia. That's crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's kind of a call to action for everybody, you know, the, to, to follow the, you know, the committed impulse to follow that. And I've noticed for myself, I think, you know, think about how I am with the podcast, with the, just, just the whole social media. That's like a, it could be a whole series of podcasts on my relationship to it because it mm-hmm. took me till recently to kind of embrace it. And I still, I'm realizing in, in this situation, how much I have edited myself in the past, because right now something will happen. I'm more likely to just go, I'm going to just do a little video. I don't care. Who cares if anybody thinks right. it, somebody talks smack about it, whatever. And, and those ones are usually the ones where someone says, thank you so much. Right. Thank you so much for you. Know, that really helped. And you just go, even if it's one person, you know, and, and, and for performers listening, it's like, you know, putting yourself on the line as a performer in a scene, exposing yourself is likely to move an audience member more. And hopefully, you know, some kind of a dime drops for them in their own life from this story and from what you did on screen or on stage. Um, So, you know, in many ways, this, this, what's happening is uh, I think an opportunity for all of us to kind of just just be more alive or or more aware of our mortality Absolutely. and and thus Absolutely. you know kind of value our life every day in a more yeah. in, in a more conscious way. Yeah, you know? I really sound. I like- would add, you know, you said you know mentioned like the people in Italy, like I would say almost especially for people in Italy or people that are even have the virus, like just to be present with the experience of what it is, because any, you know, these are like an ancient principle, but anything you allow to be as it is will start to shift. And it's almost like if you do have it, it's like, just be in the experience of it without the drama of it. And I think that will speed up, you know, who am I to say, but I'm going to throw out that by just staying with the actual sensations, even if it's like some shortness of breath or whatever, like just stay with that and it will allow it to shift. But if you're having, you know, some illness, whatever, and you're trying to, you know, like, oh no, not, I don't want to feel that. Um, that's not supporting the whole system of our body. And if it's happening, you know, if that information is there, in that moment, it's there. (laughs) And so better to connect to it and connect to your immediate environment and just stay out of, you know, stay out of here. It's just not going to serve us. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. And, uh, and I, I keep feeling like I keep qualifying myself when I say something like that saying, you know, it's easy for me to say, but really I, I hope people will hold me to it. If, if, you know, hopefully I'm not, won't be infected. If I am, if it's dire, that's the other thing. It might not be, you know, the chances are also percentage wise, it's not going to be dire, but it's, it's, it's potential. And so hopefully my goal is to, keep what we're talking about, even in that situation. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
Well, listen, man, I, I really, really appreciate you coming on. I, I really could talk to you for a very long time, but I think for the sake of this, this is, this is good. Um, and, and I would love to, we'll, we'll reconnect down the line. Thank you for doing this, for, you know, giving me an opportunity to hopefully help. Um, yeah, I, help it's, it's helped. I know you've helped one person because I feel better now after talking to you than I did before. Awesome. So I can't imagine that other people aren't going to feel the same way. So thank Good. you, Josh Pice. Yeah. All right, man. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Okay, top three takeaways. Number one, we use this as the episode intro quote. Anything you allow to be as it is will start to shift. And it relates to advice one of my friends got from a therapist. Make friends with what is. When you settle into something, it's much more effective in loosening its grip of control over you than fighting it. In fact, kind of the point of this whole conversation. Number two, Josh said this near the beginning of the conversation. Let go of your structured performance. Now, this doesn't just apply to acting. Let go of your structured performance of your life. Are you hanging on to some preconceived idea of what you thought your life was supposed to look like by now? If so, maybe this global pause is the perfect excuse for you to reevaluate and start living more in the moment. Number three, honor fear rather than labeling it as bad. Fear is... It's not bad. It's just an energy in your body. And just when it's there, instead of trying to get rid of it, just honor it, you know, breathe, feel the charge of it, stay connected to what's around you. Um, And not with the intention to get rid of it, but if you fully honor it, it's going to mold and shift into something else and something else. And now we are shifting to something else. The end of the episode. So appreciative of everyone listening, supporting this show, and also of Josh Pice for dropping all that knowledge. I hope this special episode helped all of you in some way. If it did help, we'd love it if you rate, review, and share this podcast so it can make a difference in more people's lives. I'd love to give a shout out to this most recent review from Mr. Underscore by J, BJ, uh, Matthew's 10,000 Knows podcast is the positive vibe you didn't know you needed. We all face adversity, be it a career, an injury, or something completely out of left field. His positive persistence in a career known for saying no is an inspiring story in and of itself. Here, Matt interviews people who also overcome all the no's to persist in achieving their dreams. Don't just survive, thrive. Matt and his guests will help you on your journey. Really appreciate that. And that's what I'm saying. It gives us visibility, lets other people that are scrolling through iTunes see that, say, hey, this is for me. They come and join. More people are inspired, influenced, helped in some way. So really appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at 10,000 knows. And remember, we have the short Monday morsels episodes every Monday and then these longer ones on Fridays. We will see you next week. Thanks, guys. 